I need unguent. Welcome to Seti Soppo. This is a podcast where we stare into the abyss and work out what is the opposite of something that doesn't have a natural opposite. I am Simon. Hello, Izzy. Goodbye, Simon. Have you fought anyone today? No, I hit a bag. Oh, uh, you hit a... Uh, oh, like a... You don't mean someone's shoulder bag. You mean a, a punching bag. I mean a punching bag. A heavy bag or a... What's the little springy one that Rocky does that hangs on That's the... meat, Simon. No, he. I know he beats up meat. He beats up meat. <laughs> that sounds... He beats his meat in he front beats... of everyone. He does beat his meat in front of his brother-in-law, Paulie. Um, so... <laughs> You, you mean a heavy bag? I've never punched a heavy bag. You'd probably hurt your knuckles. Well, I probably would, but you'd have gloves on at that point, surely. Didn't have gloves on because of COVID. Oh. oh, what? You can get COVID from boxing gloves? Of course you can. Oh, they're really hard to clean because they're gloves. Could you not put latex gloves on underneath? I've done that before. And what happens is you take off the latex gloves and all the water from your hand spills out oh. the floor. <laughs> do, they, do they inflate like um a condom? Yeah. I'd say it's worse than a condom well, many things aren't, but that does sound a lot worse, actually. See, we got onto that. You never thought we'd have that conversation this morning, did you? I'm not sure that's a good thing. We've learned something new. If you if you box with latex gloves underneath I, that, your I didn't gloves, learn something new. I learned nothing new. We, the collective audience and I. I want to learn something new. You tell me something new. Well, I've got facts aplenty lined up, so you will learn something new. I guarantee it. So let's let's crack on. These facts are going to be when I was four. No, no. I no, 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 no. When I was little, I <laughs> yeah, more likely. Right, I want to know what is the opposite of a bat because this is going to be a Halloweeny type thing. Oh. I have two facts about bats. Are you ready? Is one of the facts that they're the most numerous mammals on Earth? Oh, is that true? Species number? Yeah. How many bats are They're one of the first mammals to survive. There's loads of species of bats, simply because they don't interbreed very often. Okay, Because they can fly long distances, and therefore they can isolate themselves very easily. There's some species of bats which look identical, and people thought they were the same species for ages, but they never interbred with each other, and it wasn't until you listened to them and you worked out they can't hear each other, because they sing at different frequencies. Oh, weird. Sorry, what was your interesting fact about bats? They are mammals of the order... Chiroptera, and uh, the old English name for bat is Flittermouse. Do you clap to shake a Flittermouse? Flittermouse. No, Flittermouse. Uh, it's from the Germanic language. No one really knows where the word bat comes from. Can't do that with a baseball bat. No, you can't do that with a baseball bat. That's exactly a... what I said. I, I, I meant to say I, you can't I do that repeated, with a bat. I repeated you. I said, no, you yeah. can't do that with a baseball bat. I was playing along. Well, why didn't you just say you can't do that with a bat? I was echoing you like a bat would to locate you. Well done. Thank well you. Done. What's your other fact about a bat? I've given you the two facts about bats. Oh. <laughs> One of them was... Here's a word I've mispronounced in Latin. Yes. And the other one was, they used to be called flitter mouse. Yes, as in flying mice. It's not really about bats, is it? It's more about what we call bats. Both of those facts. <laughs> I think you're being a bit harsh. I think I am too, but I think you deserve it. I think you've put minimal effort in your fact finding. <laughs> I think you literally the first two lines on Wikipedia and that's it. Um, y- Yeah. <laughs> no, it was different parts of... Uh, 
wiki. It's quite a long entry on bats, to be fair, because there are, as you say, so many different types of bats. Mm. Like there's cricket they're bat. Very, they're, they're interesting bats. Not in person. I think they'd be very bad conversationalists. Well, the, it depends how good your hearing is. They just moan about their parents dying and how they want to avenge crime. <laughs> I don't think I don't think all bats are like that. I think some bats. So why is Batman know. like that? If Batman is similar to a bat, awful, awful human being. <laughs> he's an awful, awful human being. But he's adopted the characteristics of a bat. So all bats must be like Batman. No, no, no. He's failed at adopting the characteristics <laughs> of a bat. And he may as well be called Sulk Creature. <laughs> <laughs> in a flawed effort to get over the death of his parents and scare criminals. Exactly. So, uh, bats, we know what bats are. Uh, what is the opposite of a bat, Isabel? I'd say it's a kiwi. Oh, why do you think it's a kiwi? Because a kiwi is a land animal that's oh, very... Oh, you don't mean a kiwi fruit? No, I mean the kiwi. Because a kiwi fruit it's a, it's a la- It doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. It's a bird. You think birds should fly. It's not very social. Actually, it might be one of those parrot things that tried to hump... Um, Kawala Dean's head. What are they called? What? You know when Douglas Adams wrote that book called Last on Earth? What's yeah, it called? yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy he went with, who's called Kawadin or something like that. David Kawadin. Yeah. Yeah. He, they went to New Zealand and there's this type of, um, it's basically New Zealand's version of a bitten. Because you know how bitten's are these sort of weird heron, like I attack you with my face, really bland, boring herons that only are, live in reeds and hate everybody and really like isolated. And all they do is boom. They just go, whoa, like that. And everybody goes, oh, the bitten's are here. <gasps> That's all they do. And everybody gets very excited because they're really hard to spot. Right. And the reason they boom like that is to make them hard to locate. Now, this particular type of parrot, which is a walking parrot, it doesn't fly, lives in New Zealand and it makes a little nest, which it booms from, in order to attract a mate. But the nature of the noise it makes, because it's a very low boom, makes it really hard to locate which is possibly an um is an evolutionary adaptation so that it doesn't have many offspring so that it doesn't you know destroy itself through overpopulation because it lives on an island with no predators until the rats and the cats came so the point being that this is a very weird walking parrot and a bat is a very weird flying mouse it's a kakapo a kakapo a there kakapo you go. mark carwardine had it attacking his head as you say i mean it could be all sort of new zealand birds i mean bats is a big broad topic we're not looking a specific species so maybe well i'm gonna go with kakapo i think that's a good because it's fun to say kakapo so the opposite me of a bat is a kakapo see you taught me more than i taught you it's always the way yeah it's because i read stuff zoe wants to know what is the opposite of a marshmallow i have facts about marshmallows is this going to be a conversation about s'mores nope it's going to be that the marshmallow comes from the plant species marshmallow and that the ancient egyptians used to boil up the stem and use it to soothe coughs and sore throats and heal wounds so it wasn't like what we now know they just boiled up the root pulp and added it to honey and stuff and then they it's used... not using eggs at all it's not a meringue does it use eggs i'm not even sure they use eggs for marshmallows oh yes they do albumin yes of course they do they use some sort of protein not it's always literally eggs. a chewy meringue yeah so that was my fact it was only around about the 1900s that it started to be what we now know as a marshmallow but that's why they're called marshmallows is because of the, the location plant. of this plant yeah yeah 
It's a pretty good fact. It's basically to do with what adding sugar to to protein and uh, starch to give you that marshmallowy thing. I mean, it was probably a treat as well because they had honey in it, which must have been quite rare. No, honey's not rare. It's just difficult. <laughs> it's problematic. It is problematic, but um, but loads loads of societies have always used bees, so it's not a well the box of thing. bees. A box of bees. Yeah. Did we not cover so you this in... about Cleopatra's bee in her box? Yeah. 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 We covered that in um an old podcast it's not this one um so yeah now we just extrude it through a machine and chop it as it goes but it used to be done in a different way and it was patented as penny candies by alex dumat which he he he, he patented patented or patented why don't we have smalls in the uk because they're not very nice Mm, so we've got loads of stuff that's not very nice but on We've the whole, like, our stuff. candy, for want of a better word, is better than American candy. Have you had taffy? Yeah, it's not very good. Very chewy. But that's the whole point of it. But um, no, I, I, I would take a British chocolate bar or sweetie over any American candy. I think even Reese's buttercups. Yeah, yeah, I would take anything over a, a, a Reese's buttercup. I would take anything over a Reese's cup. Cups. Um, interesting. I mean, I, I agree with you about the chocolate. I don't particularly like it, but then I'd take most Belgian chocolate over British chocolate. Well, that's so, that's common. It's not. People prefer dairy milk. So weird. Well, yeah, but a lot of people prefer Belgian or Swiss chocolate over British chocolate as well. No, You're not that special, Isabel. I'm very special. <laughs> well, nobody nobody knows how special I am. I know how I'm special like the you only are. Only one. I know that you are so only special one. that Vincent slept on you for two hours yesterday. I, yeah, but annoyingly. So I was because I decided like an idiot to sort of go. Oh, I'll just I just sit down on my bed for five minutes and just have a look at like Twitter or something. And I picked up my phone and I did that. Then I had the happiest cat in the world. <laughs> just went. Oh, you love me. I will lie on you. And yeah. So uh, and I was stuck under him for an hour and a half. I think. It's good. But we do toast marshmallows on the fire. We just don't have the chocolatey bit in answer to your... Yeah, but we don't put them in between two biscuits. Two graham crackers, apparently. What are graham crackers? Well, let's have a look. I'll click the link, shall I? Are they like digestive biscuits or are they like wafers? It's made with graham flour. They look... I'll tell you what they look like. Um, They look like Garibaldi's without the dead flies in them. Ooh. But the whole nice thing about Garibaldi's is the dead flies in them. I like a Garibaldi. A Garibaldi's is a good biscuit. It's, I mean, I like I like it when it comes out as a whole. It's up there with custard creams, Garibaldi's. As in, you overlook it, but you would you always have it and go, mm, "That's nicer than I remember it." Yeah, yeah. They're really good dinked dinked in tea as well. Oh, I don't think I've ever dinked. I, a, I really like a, them dinked in tea because they you can they they sort of go into their layers a bit. It's quite good. Okay, and I don't I don't imagine they get too soggy. They don't. They don't fall off. Yeah. Ooh, well, we'll all have to try Garibaldi for Christmas. What was Christmas. the question again? The opposite of marshmallow. Oh God. Um. Surely it is um a ghost story. No, I I tell you what it is. What? It, it's a really hard sweet. Oh. What's like the hardest Gob sweet? Gobstoppers. Gobstopper. Yeah, gobstoppers. I like the phrase gobstopper as well. Yeah, I suppose it's gobstopper. I mean, it, it'd be nice to sort of say it's like fire ash because that's what they fall into. Well, also, if you heat up a gobstopper, it becomes very dangerous, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, I, I'm sure this is a MythBusters. Gobstoppers, if if, you, if they heat up, the inside heats up Bastards, faster than the outside explode. and it explodes with like molten sugar everywhere. Um, so well, that's, you wouldn't toast a gobstopper. Well, there we go. Well, there's the answer to your there question. There we go. Zoe, the opposite of a marshmallow is a gobstopper. 
Oh gosh, that was a loud bang, wasn't it? That was that was that sounded like you fell over. I, I probably did, and I'm probably dreaming all this now in some yeah. sort of comatose. Oh my god! What? Imagine if this was a dream. What, what I had a of... terrible dream last night about bees mating. <laughs> What's so terrible about that? It was graphic and unpleasant. And then there was, um, and we were watching them. And then a guy said there was a witch in the corner. There wasn't a witch in the corner, but he insisted there was. And we all had to pretend that there was to make him happy. I often have dreams about soggy houses. And then I wake up needing a wee, obviously. Um, Mike wants to know, what is the opposite of Dad's Army? I know what the opposite of this is, but I'm going to let you uh, okay, have a think no. about it. I'll loud. explain what Dad's Army is. It's a sitcom which was done in the 70s. Uh, 60s, I think. Late early 60s, early yeah. 70s. Yeah, and it is um, portraying the Home 70s. Guard, which is the men who weren't called up into service in the war because they had important jobs at home or they were too old or disabled but they were going to offer a resistance force to any you know german invasion and they were very underfunded with very poor equipment and a lot of them were ex first world war soldiers and even boer war soldiers so they were very sort of you know they were affectionately known as dad's army and there was a sitcom written about them and it's very fun Mm, Although my uncle fan. refuses to watch it because he says I don't want to see those guys made mockery of, and I was saying I don't think it is like that, uncle. And he says, well, I might give it a go, but he's well. Not the fir- the first focus group that saw it actually did say that. Mm. Well, they were very they were very important, you know. They were the guys who were going to get, you know, shot. It was also very first. close to the end of the war still. Um, Perry and Croft wrote yeah. it, obviously. Well, I think I think now, Simon. You are closer to... Oh, I can't remember what the thing is to make you freak out. Like any, close... any of those facts. I mean, yeah, I mean, Simon, we're closer to 2050 than we are to 1990. Yeah, we're also... Um, my The one that really freaks me out is that Keanu Reeves is the same age as Norman Clegg was at the first series of... Last of Summer Last of Now, there's a remake that everybody yeah, but, wants. I would, I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. John Wick doing Last of the Summer Wine. Just taking his dog for a walk. That'd be it, wouldn't it? Love it. I take I take slight slight comfort in the fact that you know there was. I mean, to be fair, after the war, Britain was completely destroyed, and there were terrible times the next forty years or so. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's possible to have your entire economy upended and things happen and still carry on. So you know. Oh, is it, are you, are you making an historical reference to make us feel better about the present? Well, we did get a lot of money from the states, though. We got loads of money. From the <laughs> we states. did. We might get a lot of money from China. I, I have a fact that will blow your mind about Dad's Army. Go on, then. There's a sequel. Dad's Army 2. No, no. It was called It Sticks Out Half a Mile and it's uh, about... It's about a penis. So, Mannering decides to go to Frambourne on Sea and renovate a decrepit seaside pier. Hence the It Sticks Out Half a Mile and it's him and uh, Wilson. And it was made in the 80s, weirdly. Oh, and then and it... piers were really popular. Yeah, and it, it's been through some weird versions it was all sorts of yeah anyway move on so that's my fact that is, did it blow your mind is your no. mind sufficiently blown no oh. what is the opposite of dad's are we i know do you do you have any thoughts before i well you've got you've got you know so let's hear it uh it's the sitcom up the women yeah that makes sense although they are very similar 
Well, that's the point. They, they, they're all set in a town hall. It's an ensemble piece with a, a, a you know a haughty, self-confident lead character surrounded by people who always knock her down. I maybe it's the same thing rather than the opposite thing. Yeah. Ah. And the only the only opposite about it is in time because that's set in what nineteen ten or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe nineteen twelve. And it's all. And then Dad's Army set in nineteen. When is it set? Nineteen forty. Forty. Yeah. It's vague. It does say at the start. It's, the whole series is a flashback. The The very first scene is he's receiving an award, Mannering, and uh, it's in the early 50s, and then it flashes back to, to the whole thing, which is a really weird device for a sitcom. That is. Ooh. I don't... Anyway. Whatevs. Whatevs. So, um, so, no, it's not that, Simon. Okay. It could be the actual war. The actual war. The whole war. World yeah. War Two is the opposite. <laughs> um... I'm just going to check that we haven't worked out what is the opposite of World War Two. We have actually worked out. What's the opposite of World War Two? The Eurovision Song Contest. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I mean, Mash is about the Korean War. Yeah, that's a very good sitcom. Yeah, it is. I I don't, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Dad's Army. I don't really like it, if I'm honest. I quite like it because it's it's you know it's people getting their comeuppance of being pompous, which is yeah, you know, the yeah, root of good comedy. Yeah, that's um, true. Most good British comedy is about class. It's all self-inflicted. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, that's all true. Um, maybe it's Godfrey's Cottage. <laughs> I don't know why cottage on its own is a funny is a funny word, but Godfrey's cottage is even funnier. Well, that's that's a that's one of the sets in the film. Um, in the film in the sitcom. Well, um, it was a film. It's been a film twice. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, is there is there any? I know what it is. It's Ooh. that sketch by. Um... Oh, I I know. Uh, uh, Michelle Are Webb. We Are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're quite right. The opposite, Mike, of Dad's Army is the Mitchell and Webb sketch, Are We the Baddies? Therefore, this week we have worked out the opposite of a bat is a cacapone, and the opposite of a marshmallow is a gobstopper, and the opposite of Dad's Army is the Mitchell and Webb sketch, Are We the Baddies? You may plug your other podcasts. Do listen to Terrible Lizards. Um, we've got um, the punk biologist, Lucy Eckersley, talking about um, the sexy sun hypothesis. Or oh, she asks about the sexy sun hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find find out all about sexy sons and um, archaeopteryx also listen to the british museum member cast but if you listen to the end of this podcast i'm going to make simon attach on an extract of my wonderful audiobook which is available to download on the first so do that go to isdi.com uh, for links to that but um there's a if you go on audible and search for izzy lawrence and search for the unstoppable letty peg fingers crossed touching words they told me so it's not my fault if it hasn't gone there uh, you can buy um and listen to the unstoppable letty peg i can't undermine that by plugging anything else go and listen to the unstoppable letty peg it will be brilliant and a great use of your time we'll be back next week because you know the unending bleak existence of monotony bye-bye hello mr metcalf sat at his desk and inspected the register I see you have all written a great many essays on literature, natural history and archaeology, he scoffed. Did Miss Ward realise she was teaching girls? Lettuce wondered whether this was a question they needed to answer. Your maths is up to standard, apparently. We will see. You, he pointed at Miriam on the front row, 
Seven times nine. Seven times nine is, uh, sixty-three. You aren't sure? No, I... You, he pointed. The fat one. Eight times twelve. Joan frowned. Eight times twelve is ninety-six. Good. You. Lettuce flinched. His cane was pointed at her. The back of her neck got all prickly. She couldn't remember anything. She felt sick. Three times six. She didn't know. She didn't know the answer. Three times five was fifteen. She knew that. Why didn't he ask that? Fifteen add three. Eighteen, she gasped. She looked at her feet. Her stomach was clenched. She felt dizzy. Nine times eleven. That was easy. Nine times ten was ninety. Just add nine. Ninety-nine, she stammered, still unable to talk properly. No, 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 he mocked her. But she's right, said Angela, defiantly from across the classroom. Lettuce felt a smidgen of happiness that Angela was sticking up for her. Angela usually laughed at her for one reason or another. The feeling didn't last long. Mr. Metcalf walked up to Angela's desk. What did I say about answering back? he demanded. Angela instantly shut her mouth and hid her hands under her desk. Mr. Metcalf turned to Lettuce. You do not know multiplication by heart. You're calculating the answers in your head. This is slow and inefficient and opens you up to possible failure. These girls know the numbers by rote. They have become instinctive as one. Class, four times four. Four times four is sixteen, everyone chanted. Mr. Metcalf pointed his cane in Lettuce's face. Women's reasoning is often faulty, but their memory is nearly on par with that of a man. In future, when you're purchasing items for your children, you will have enough calculation going on and not knowing your multiplications will only vex you further. What is your name, girl? Lettuce couldn't speak. Peg, Eleanor jumped in. Her name is Lettuce Peg.